Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Rusty Quill presents. Hey everyone, Alexi Talanda here. Three things I wanted to mention before we get the episode started today. One, Radio Public. Radio Public is a free podcast app that pays creators for every episode that is listened to. So if you haven't already, please consider using Radio Public to listen to your podcasts, as you'll be supporting creators. 2. iTunes Reviews If you leave us an iTunes review, in addition to being really thankful, we'll send you a cool Ostium sticker. Just take a screen cap of the review, send it to us, and we'll get that sticker on its way to you. And 3. Tweaked Audio If you're looking to get a new set of headphones, and I recommend Bluetooth because it's awesome, check out tweakedaudio.com. And at checkout, enter the promo code OSTIUM and get 33% off your order. So that's tweakedaudio.com, promo code OSTIUM. Now, let's get this episode started.
three decades ago. Kind of close to this date, actually. Let's just say around this date. But definitely 30 years ago. Most people on the planet remember it well. Like those days when something fucking terrible happened. JFK assassination, September 11th, the LA quake, the Hoover Dam failure. Depending where you're from, what place you call home. Mine obviously tend to have an American lilt to them. But there are some events, some things, momentous things, catastrophic things... No matter where you are on the planet, you're going to remember it. The day the Rock of Gibraltar just totally fucking obliterated. Somehow. That's a day you don't forget, no matter how old you are. Relations between Spain and Britain had been deteriorating for years. Decades, even. Spain wanted the stub of land attached to their country back after dealing with some of its people wanting to be their own countries, and the whole Civil War thing back in the 20th century, like multiple fucking times. Different places, too. All of which got fucking stomped. This was its chance to get something back. On the other hand, Britain didn't know what the fuck it wanted to do. Things got tense. Real damn tense. They'd gotten tense before. Over, like, the hundred years this shit had been going on. But never this bad. People started bandying the term war around. All the nearby towns cleared out real fast. Like, overnight. No, not overnight. But, like, real fucking fast. They didn't want to get caught in any crossfire. I think it was kind of like that Cuban Missile Crisis from way back when. You know, like fucking DEFCON 5 shit. And everyone just waited. On tenderhooks, pins and needles. Waiting for the fucking shoe to drop. Thankfully, it didn't. Some crazy deal was made between who knows who. And then, those in power on both sides signed some thrown-together contract. Just like that. The next part was just fucking weird. They gave everyone who called Gibraltar a home 30 days, a month, to leave, vacate, get the fuck out of there. They could go back to Britain or stay in Spain, but they had to leave the rock. I still don't know why this was the arrangement they decided on. It's just... really messed up. Makes no sense. I don't know if they were planning to change something in the town to make it officially Spanish. Do some sort of procession or parade or ritual or whatever. I don't know. It didn't matter. They never got the chance. E-Day came. E for eviction. And everyone was gone. It was just a fucking ghost town. Drones took aerial footage, zooming in. It was... it was fucking creepy as hell. Everything just abandoned. People had taken most of their shit, but a lot of stuff got left behind. This was a couple days after E-Day, as they called it. Sometime in the afternoon, there were around ten or so drones just recording footage over the town and the rock. And then... This massive fucking explosion happened, like H-bomb level. Giant fucking cloud engulfing the entire mountain. The entire mountain 
The footage on the drone shows normal stuff, and then the feed cuts out a second later as all the drones are obliterated. They tried slowing the footage down to, like, increments of a millisecond. It still didn't show much. Just the explosion starting and coming up, and then nothing. The kind of weird thing is that it all looked the same from every drone, even though they were all in different spots. If the explosion had been centered in a certain part of the town, it would have looked different through each camera drone, but it didn't. Meaning the explosion had been fucking massive. This helped to explain that when, hours and hours later, the cloud and dust and all the shit in the air finally settled or cleared or blew away, there was nothing left. I'm talking absolutely fucking nothing. No mountain. No hill. No pile of dirt. No town. No buildings. No land. No sign of fucking anything. It was like the Rock of Gibraltar and the surrounding piece of land had just been picked up by aliens and taken away into space. There was water. The Mediterranean where there hadn't been any Mediterranean before. There was less Spain, since Gibraltar had belonged to Spain again, albeit for like barely a month. No one would believe it. They came from all over the world to witness this... What? Miracle? Impossibility? Enigma? (sighs) The government of Spain was fucking pissed. Britain considered themselves lucky for pulling out when they did. And all those people who'd been forced to leave were counting their lucky stars that they were still alive. Everyone had a theory, an idea for what actually happened. The popular one that the majority settled on was that it was a sort of terrorist attack. One of those fucking rare ones where nobody gets hurt except for some drones. Perpetrated by who? No one knew. Again, everyone had theories. But whatever caused the explosion, it wasn't radioactive, otherwise lots of people nearby would have died. It was a controlled, localized explosion meant to eradicate everything that was Gibraltar and nothing more. And that's exactly what it did. Although the whole thing never sat right, felt a little too sci-fi to me. We stopped at a single dock that looked like it only had room for one boat, the one we were on. We disembarked, and the boat guy waved by and disappeared back into the fog. Never saw him again. But I had the feeling I wasn't supposed to see him again. There was a man and a woman waiting to escort us. The man told us not to ask any questions. Well, actually, he said we could ask as many questions as we wanted, but we wouldn't be getting any answers. So it was better to just keep our tongues in our heads and shut the fuck up. Yeah. That guy rubbed me the wrong way from the fucking start, but I wasn't about to start anything, you know, it being the first day on the new job and all. We followed them to a small electric self-driving vehicle. The man and the woman got in the front. We were assigned to the back, facing away from them. As the vehicle drove us away from the dock, 
I told myself I could still see the boat in the fog heading away. But I knew I was kidding myself. I gave my son a look. It was the, what the fuck have we gotten ourselves into face. It made me feel a lot better to see the same look mirrored back at me. They took us to a sterile medical facility. Along the way, we saw a number of other identical vehicles and people doing whatever the hell they were doing. They all looked like they had something important to do. A number of them were in lab coats, all well-dressed. At the facility, we each had a doctor perform a full physical on us. I got a female doctor, Steve got a guy. After the doctor told me everything checked out, meaning they must have some fucking futuristic lab equipment to do all the blood and urine checks that quickly, she told me that she was going to have to remove my implants. No, you dirty motherfucker, not those implants. I told you, I'm from the fucking future. If a woman wants to have big tits, then she can pay a shit ton of money for some gene therapy. They don't do that barbaric shit with silicone anymore. That stuff was just... Fucked up. No, I'm talking about the ocular and oral implants every teenager gets when they start high school. Yeah, I know. Makes those fancy smartphones of yours look like fucking manual typewriters. So, when she said she was going to remove my implants, basically cut out two parts of me. I lost it a little. But she was prepared for this. Took and gave her own. She let me vent for a good few minutes, then asked if I was fucking done. I got the picture and waited to hear what she had to say. She then told me I had two options. She could remove my implants and make me like everyone else here, or they could call the boat back and while I was waiting for it, my mind would be wiped of anything and everything to do with this place and I'd be dumped back on the Spanish shore with no memory of what just happened. And that would be the fucking end of it. I took my time. She gave it to me. I was really wondering what Steve was thinking. He must have gone through the same routine. Which way was he leaning? But I'd gotten this far. I'd already decided I wanted my life to do a 180 in some way. And this was certainly a fucking 180. Also... My curiosity about this place and how they wanted me to contribute was through the fucking roof. So I said yes. It took ten minutes and was completely painless. But it took me a week to get used to not being connected to the world net and having all those thoughts, ideas, and answers at my synaptic tips. Steve, because he's my son, chose the same, and we suffered through the instant data withdrawal together. After that, our school began. It was like being in fucking college again. It also took six months, five days a week, eight to four, and fucking homework on the weekends. But I learned a lot. We learned a hell of a lot. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. 
Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science, with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. We got a lot of answers in those six months. A lot of answers to many of the questions we'd been asking about the Ostium Network and what the fuck was going on here. But not all of them. Not by a long shot. So I'll tell you what I can, what I actually remember. There was a man behind the whole Ostium network. I know, a man. Fucking typical. But even in the enlightened future I'm living in, men still control a lot of shit. Especially rich men. And this particular man was really fucking rich. We were never told who he was. He was one secretive motherfucker. I still don't know who he is. I know, pretty sad. But yes, there are that many rich fucking men in the world, so it wasn't clear which one exactly was behind the Ostium Network. He was also a genius, as a lot of these guys tend to be. Like, off the charts. Like, never had any sense of a normal life. Yeah, it was pretty fucking weird we learned details about his life, but never found out who he was. The whole blowing up Gibraltar thing was his brainchild, naturally. We got an outline of what happened, with a few juicy details. But, of course, not all the answers. The massive explosion that looked like it obliterated an entire mountain didn't pack as much firepower as it seemed. It was more light show and special effects than actual destruction. Like using blanks instead of real bullets. It sounds the same, just doesn't hurt anyone. Hopefully. The other half of the show, which nobody actually saw, was making the Rock of Gibraltar, including the whole fucking town, just disappear into thin air. But it worked. Apparently it wasn't gone in a second, but took a total of 12 whole seconds to be completely gone from the known plane of existence. Yes, I used those words specifically. 
Of course, no one knew this, what with the pyrotechnics and big bangs and all that jazz. But once it all cleared, it did look like it had literally just disappeared into thin air. (sighs) There was enough physics involved to fill a book. I understand almost none of it. What I did get from it is this. Somehow, the brainiac of the Ostium network moved the mountain and town to a new plane, a new dimension, a higher level. I'm still not fucking clear on the concept. It's deep fucking level physics, like subatomic particle interactions and string theory and quantum entanglement and lots of other gobbledygook. I heard that long one a few times over my training. It's this quantum theory where you have two really fucking tiny things spread way the fuck apart, and yet somehow they're connected. Yeah, I know. You're like, okay, sure, physicists, say and believe whatever the fuck you want. Yeah, that's how I am too. But let me just repeat that. Two separate things, far away from each other, that are somehow fucking connected. Sound familiar at all? Ring any ostium bells? Yep, Jake would have loved that one too. The Ostium Network made Gibraltar not there in the real world anymore, but in another place that they could somehow access. See above with the fog and me not being 100% surprised. You know, more like 90%. The day after it all went kaboom, they started moving in and setting up shop. That's why we had to have our implants removed because no one wanted any info about the Ostium network and where it was located. Though, supposedly, this was also next to impossible since we were in or on a different dimension. Is it in? Or on? See, that's the sort of question that's perfect for Jake. He'd totally have an answer for me. He could probably talk about it for hours. Steve and I went through a rigorous and thorough self-defense course that included weapons training. It was one of those things where they told us you're probably never going to have to fight someone, and definitely not fire a weapon, but we're going to drill you until you can do it all without hesitation anyway. Plus, it kept us in great fucking shape. Also, they made us do this training before we actually learned what the end game was. I know pretty fucked up. Now you see why I kind of hate these guys at times. Hearing the words Ostium Network can make me cringe. Not always, but sometimes. We got a few days off after that to let our minds and bodies recuperate. By this time, we were getting to know some people and starting to feel comfortable calling this place home. Because that's exactly what it was now, whether we liked it or not. Everyone was in the same boat, or in this case, on the same island. Yeah, Gibraltar was now an island, not attached to Spain, obviously. Rumor was, if you wanted to get the fuck out, you couldn't. And if you tried, swimming was your only option. And you'd just swim forever, into the fog and the cold waters, never finding any land, until you just fucking drowned. Apparently, one guy tried it. Was never seen again. But then again, 
I don't see them making this shit up. If you want to go take a long swim and face your fears and whatnot, be my guest. Although it is possible they made up the rumors about one guy trying it, just to make it more chilling and deadly, you know? When we came back from our mini-break... Actually, let me try and fill you in a little of what life was like on the rock under the watchful eye of the Ostium Network. A slice of life, if you will. As I said, there were lots of these itty-bitty self-driving vehicles that people could use. Without our implants, we had no way of communicating, really, other than word of mouth. However, on every floor, on every building, and about every 20 feet or so, there was a communications panel that put you in touch with a switchboard. There, you could request one of those vehicles for transportation just about anywhere on the island. You could get in touch with anyone you wanted, if you knew their name, unless they were of a specific echelon. I'd say pay grade, but even though we were all getting money directly deposited into our bank accounts once a month, it didn't really matter. It wasn't important. You didn't use money on the island. So it was kind of pointless. When you retired, or left the Ostium Network, your mind would be wiped of Ostium Network material. Then a certain boat would come, pick you up, and take you back to the regular normal world where access with our bank accounts would resume, and you'd discover you had a shit ton of money. I wanted some more details and actually brought this up in the training class, But the teacher spun a shitty story about how we were all just starting, so why did we want to think about what the finish was going to be like? Yeah. Just like you treat a kid. Exactly. Bullshit. I demanded an answer. He gave me a vague one. When the time arrived, an arrangement would be made once one's clearance and knowledge level would be determined. Whatever the fuck that meant. But just like the informative teacher so kindly let us know, we could worry about it when the time arose. However, no one had retired yet and lived to tell the tale. So you could get around with those self-driving vehicles, or you could just walk. I guess bicycles would have been okay, but it would have made walking more risky. Place wasn't that fucking big, so walking wasn't a problem. Plus, free exercise. Oh, there was a gym. Should the walk not be good enough for one to maintain their robust and well-toned figures? Insert here a miming gesture of me sticking my fingers down my throat. There were four places to eat in town. Two restaurants and two cafes slash sandwich places. They all had impressively large menus. Where they got the food from, I have no fucking idea. Half of it they probably grew and caught on the island, but the other half... That's an eternal mystery. That boat could have made daily trips, but that'd be a lot of fucking work. Plus, to supply a place this size, you'd need a bigger boat. Maybe they were getting it from other dimensions. Higher and lower ones? Parallel fucking universes? Your guess is as good as mine. All I know is the food was fucking fantastic and the menu changed monthly with a bunch of new things. If it wasn't for the walking, I would have been a lot heavier. Oh, before you ask, there was alcohol. A little wine, a little beer, and very few spirits. But I never saw anyone publicly drunk. I think people threw back the sauce in the privacy of their own apartments. 
Speaking of which, they were all mostly the same. One bedroom, a decent-sized living room, balcony, no kitchen. You got all your grub from the eateries. That way they knew exactly what we were eating. Although you could get takeout if you wanted. Each one had a TV wall, but there was no live TV or news of the outside world. There was a local channel that had stuff once in a while about the haps on the rock, but mostly they played classical music. There was a fucking extensive on-demand movie and TV library that satisfied any cravings. Yes, before you ask, there was porn. Plenty of it, running the gamut of fetishes and sexual interests. And that's all I'm going to say about it. We all indulged when we needed to. As far as I knew, there wasn't a single printed book on the island, and no paper either, which made sense. Everyone had a tablet that did many things for them, allowed them to do most of their work, to connect with computers and devices throughout the island. There was even email, but we were connected on a local area network over the island. No outside internet whatsoever. Not even four-dimensional internet or whatever fucking dimension we were in. With the tablet, one also had access to, like, every digital book in the history of the written word. A fuck ton. <laughs> Jake would have been on cloud nine. Too bad. The tablet, of course, had a notepad and writing app. I've never been that gaga about movies and TV, although I enjoy a good book. But nights were quiet and kind of lonely. Steve and I would meet up for dinner and hang out sometimes. But I didn't want to be that mom cramping his style. He made friends fast and had fun hanging out with them. As someone who spent a lot of her life traveling the globe and meeting lots of different people, I make friends when I need to. It means I'm also very happy with my own company. So round about the second week of living on the island and having another quiet night alone, I started writing a diary. A journal. Whatever the fuck you want to call it putting my thoughts and feelings and ideas down. What had been happening to me over the last couple of weeks. What I thought about all of it. It felt good. Like I was processing all the shit I'd been going through that day and getting it out of me. So the next day I felt refreshed and clear and ready for more aforementioned bullshit. It got to be routine. 15 to 20 minutes every night before bed. Like a nightcap. Wish I could have brought that tablet with me to Ostium. I guess, thinking on it, that's another reason I started doing recordings like these. I miss doing that sort of thing. I spent almost a whole year doing it, too, before all that shit went down. And it wasn't like I just wrote it down and forgot about it or never looked back and reread it. Over the months, I definitely reviewed a lot of past entries. For details and stuff, I'd learned how my ideas had changed how my concept of the Ostium network and the big picture was molding into something different. Fuck. I wish I had that tablet now. Well, never going to see it again at this point. I guess if anyone ever finds it, if it somehow gets out of the Ostium network and into the real world, you'll get all the nitty-gritty details of my illustrious life on the island and all its going-ons. Okay, 
Enough small talk, chit-chat. Let's get back to the big kahuna. Yeah, you may have noticed I have a whole fucking extensive repertoire of sayings, expressions, colloquialisms, and cliches. Well, give me a sec and I'll get to the reason for that. After our mini-break, that first class was, uh, illuminating. Once we were all seated, the first line out of the teacher's lips, I can still remember it like it was yesterday, was... The Ostium Network has harnessed the power of time travel. I know. Talk about a mind-blowing statement. The teacher paused, perhaps waiting for gasps or groans or screams. Fuck knows. But no one said or did anything. I couldn't even hear anyone breathing. I know I was holding my breath. Waiting. We were about to find out what the fuck we were all doing here. Then the teacher launched into lecture mode. The man behind the Ostium Network, who will not and never be named, brought together an elite group of skilled people from across the globe with an idea. A radical idea that with their help became a reality. We got some details, some whys, but not so much the hows. Plus, there is probably a ton of math and physics behind it, all of which would have gone over all our heads. We were told that time travel had been made possible for just over a year now, but it was uncontrollable. People had disappeared, gone through and not come back. The Ostium Network was not willing to continuously risk people's lives, even if these people were willing to risk said lives. So, it required another year of working out ideas, plans, theories, and possibilities but all had to be absolute and thorough before any trials could be initiated. The problem, apparently, is harnessing the immense power of time travel. This was news to all of us, but it makes perfect fucking sense. Time travel takes a big wallop of energy to work. So the concept that was developed was that instead of having one specific device or door to pass through and reach any time in history or the future, the power needed to be dissipated in some way. The logical conclusion was that instead of one door, or Stargate, the teacher said with a smirk on her face, there would be many hundreds of doors. Each door wouldn't always lead to the same time, but by having many doors, it spread the energy we required to travel to anywhen better and led to way less chances of causing a chain reaction in the space-time continuum and ending all life and matter as we knew it. This is pretty much verbatim what the teacher said. Whether there was an ounce of truth to those words, don't fucking look at me. It seemed just as plausible as all the other shit that had been thrown at us so far. These doors were to be collected together. Various plans were considered and tried and failed. High-rise buildings, long rectangular buildings, penitentiary-style blocks. The final plan was settled on a town, enclosed by a high wall. There would be many different kinds of buildings with many doors. Finally, I started to see something I could do. Some way I could contribute to the Ostium Network and earn that mysterious money being deposited into my account every month. They needed to create a town where time travel would be feasible. I'd obviously never done anything like that in my life. But there were many things over my years of working that I'd never attempted before, but came into with some basics and nothing else but common sense and the love of a good brain-boggling challenge. 
After that, we got divided into smaller classes, and I was joined with other architects, and we started working on creating the town that would be Ostium. We worked for months and months and months. Different plans and shapes. What held us up a lot was working out how to maximize the number of doors to buildings within the confines of a town. Until I had a brainstorm one day. I asked, why did we have to have doors be attached to buildings? Everyone looked at me like I'd just asked why the buildings needed to have foundations. I brought up the fact that ever since we'd got here, We'd all been reading and watching any time travel movie or TV series we could get our hands on. They were all made up bullshit, but just in case there was anything in them, any increment of possibility or what if that might ring true. None of us were scientists involved in the time travel stuff, but we were just as obsessed. And when it came to time travel, it was all about thinking outside the box or the flux capacitor approaching things from a completely different angle. As Doc Brown in the Back to the Future series liked to repeatedly remind Marty McFly, you're just not thinking fourth dimensionally. The doors, I told him, trying to gain back any of the respect I'd earned, are the time travel devices, the time travel contraptions or machines or whatever the fuck you wanted to call them. They'd gotten used to my choice of vocabulary by this point. I think it's a genetic thing, from a grandfather. Probably that dude from Jamaica who never took shit from anybody. The buildings and whatever was around the door wasn't important. For a moment, I thought about grabbing my tablet and snapping a photo. Yes, our tablets had cameras, of course. All the better for us to document our experiences and thoughts and ideas, no? Seeing all their shocked faces was fucking priceless. I swear there was even an open mouth or two. I may be engaging in hyperbole. My memory isn't what it used to be. And I was too busy fucking gloating in front of everyone to pay that much attention. The meeting was called after that while someone in charge with enough clearance and ability contacted some higher-ups and checked with the scientists to see if my idea was even feasible. The next day, we had an answer. A big fucking yes. This changed everything for us. There would be plenty of buildings with plenty of doors. But there would also just be lots of doors. All over. Everywhere. We could run riot with it, and we did, because we didn't have limitations anymore. And the scientists and actual people who'd be building this shit loved it and lapped it up. I got word that the head honcho right at the very top, Mr. He Who Will Never Be Named, was impressed. Would have been nice to get a congratulatory email or a voice message. Something. I got bupkis. Well, that and the everlasting respect and adoration of my peers and co-workers, as well as the teachers. So, not so bad. Steve was blown away and came to find me as soon as he found out. Then he proceeded to name-drop me as his mom wherever he went. More time passed. Then we got word that the portal to the specific dimension where Ostium would be built was complete. Again, the details were many. We weren't told them, and even if we were, we wouldn't have been able to comprehend them. So no harm, no foul. We were just excited to get the chance to start making Ostium for real. 
I have no fucking clue how they created something upon which a town could be built in this dimension. Was the surface already there? Was it liquid? I did hang out with a scientist one night, and over coffee, he started telling me how it all worked. At this point, I knew a lot more people and was getting to be a lot more social. I still kept up on the journal entries. Needed that cathartic reset each night. Most of the stuff spouting out of his mouth went way over my head, like jumper jet altitude over my head. But he was having fun talking, and I enjoyed my coffee, and tried to understand every fourth or fifth word, which was more likely if it was a single, non-sciency syllable. He was saying something linking subatomic particles according to their type of bonds and moving up in size until they became molecules and chains of molecules and yada yada. And, and that's how you make a surface in the th- dimension to build a town on. Sure. The first time we all stepped through the town was sort of already there. The shape, at least. The surrounding wall was built and ready. That had been someone else's idea. A really fucking good one, too. Outside the wall was just darkness, like it is now, untethered. (laughs) At first there was just euphoria. After staring at so many charts and blueprints, this thing was finally fucking happening. Then we got to work, and the town of Ostium quickly grew into a real thing. Before we knew it, the buildings and doors were there. The scientists hadn't done their parts yet to make them time travel doors, but the infrastructure of Ostium was in place. Then we had a meeting. A big, long, fucking meeting. This episode was written and produced by Alex C. Talander. The voice of Monica is performed by Georgia McKenzie. The music was composed by Chris Fletcher. Drumming for the theme song was performed by my brother, Dan Talander, at the Baker Moon Studios in Berlin. If you enjoyed it, you can hear more of Dan's drumming with the band Modern Earl. Any sound effects used are courtesy of the amazing people at freesound.org. Tweet Audio is helping us out this season, and if you're looking to get a new pair of headphones, or upgrade the ones you've got. They have a whole range of cool models on their website at tweakedaudio.com. If you find something you like, be sure to enter the offer code OSTIUM and get 33% off your order, plus a free backpack. So that's tweakedaudio.com, offer code OSTIUM. For a transcript of this episode, and lots of other info on everything OSTIUM, check out ostiumpodcast.com. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Just search for Ostium Podcast. We also have a store on TeePublic. If you enjoy the show and would like to support us, please consider joining our Patreon, where you can get some neat rewards and support a good show. You can also leave Ostium a review on iTunes, and be sure to let us know and we'll send you a free sticker as a token of our appreciation. Thanks so much for listening. We really appreciate it. And see you in two weeks.